So a bit of a different intro this time around reason being it's a bit of a different show and it's worthy of a different intro because I tell you what we're taking things to the next level because our guest tonight took things to the next level a couple of weeks ago over in Durban. It was sensational. It was brilliant. It was heart stopping. And uh, as a result, they are on their way to Belgium. But I don't want to tell you everything to tell you a bit more. I've got my co-host and colleague on the line, Tyron Jabu Barnard. Tyron, a special night tonight. Yeah, Derek, uh, we decided to do something a little bit different. Um, and, you know, we, we often have one or two or three guests. And we said, you know what? When you are the champions of Africa, we can't pick one or two. We pick the whole squad. Um, and so we do have national indoor hockey men, the Blitzstocks, powered by Topset Spa, who... Uh, overcame the challenge of Botswana rather easily and uh, the challenge of Namibia to secure their place at the Indoor Hockey World Cup in Liège. Of course, it's also a monumental moment because for one of the guests, they become the most visited guest on uh, <laughs> Hockey the Podcast and uh, the man knows who he is. I can see he's smiling already. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, Derek, we open it up. We've got a full a full house tonight. Uh, Twenty of us on this uh, together, and we want to look back at what happened at Thomas More College, the highs, the lows, and of course the behind the scenes celebrations, which is why we've brought some of the management team with to dish the dirt, um, while keeping it tidy. Of course. We have to also be careful that uh, we don't upset anybody who may or may not have recently transferred to Varsity College with any of our stories. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get straight into it. Uh, it really is a stellar lineup tonight, and it's going to be a bit of a bun fight in terms of uh, who gets to speak. But uh, I think without uh, it has to go to the captain and the man who, as you say, has broken the record for the most appearances on Hockey, the podcast. Jethro Eustace, uh, the captain of the side, uh, you must be feeling phenomenal following uh, that 4-1 victory over Namibia in the final. Uh, good evening, Ty. Good evening, Derek. Yeah, I think um, the, boys, the boys had an exceptional week. I think we started with an exceptional camp where a lot of us were going at hammer and tong at each other for, for probably four days. Um, that really set the tone, and, and I think... Yeah, all credit to the management staff and the players. They, they put an effort in and, and when it came down to it, yeah, the boys put an exceptional fight in the final. It wasn't as easy as we thought it would be, but I suppose the final's a final and we're grateful that we ended out on top. And yeah, the boys are. But like you said, uh, Ty, the boys celebrated very well, but uh, in, in most regards, uh, behind closed doors and sneaking, sneaking a few drinks in. Yeah, and, and don't worry, I, I did see some of those drinks going. So for all those following, it was Super M chocolate flavor. Um, the guys were very good at only imbibing beverages of that nature. But, uh, you know, Jet, uh, while we're on you, uh, we have seen the video that uh, Rob Goslett put together, essentially chasing the Belgian sun. Um, and it's a really great video. We see uh, the team talk, we'll bring hackers in shortly. But we also know, and and... I hope you're comfortable going uh, in this direction. That it was quite an emotional time for you with, uh, uh, with you know what's going on at home with your dad's health. Um, you know how how did that affect you going into this? 
Yeah, Ty, I think I don't speak too often about what my personal life's about. So, yeah, I think sharing it, I started the conversation with the boys uh, at camp. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously a couple of the guys have been a little bit closer to me and have, have seen what I've been going through. So, yeah, I think uh, it was an emotional week. I think uh, my father's not doing too well at the moment, but uh, day by day, he's doing exceptionally well. He's watching indoor hockey matches and, and sharing a good conversation or two about it so that is the positive side but yeah I think that day was special for me because uh, even though that was the probably the first time my father hasn't been around to be there to support me it I still felt he was there and he was fighting for me to to represent the green and gold as best as possible and I did that in return fighting for the 12 guys and the management staff all the way to that final and and winning winning it at the, in the end so yeah it was an emotional day for me and it's still been quite a little bit of a long process uh but yeah dealing with it as best as i can and you know, hockey comes back a little bit for me a little bit of like a place of, of home and passion and and love and so yeah it gave me that little bit of keenness to carry on and push a little bit harder you know yeah absolutely and and of course jade it must have been special uh probably your your uh, best game of the tournament was the final I can say that from the outside looking in. You raised your game for the, the best game. And, of course, it was a very special moment when you got that goal. Yeah, okay. Well, and to be fairness, I made about 16 tackles in the first half. I think that was about right. So, for me, defending is my favorite part of the game. So, I think uh, that's where I set the tone early. And, yeah, I think if we look at a couple of years ago, I managed to score a goal in the final of the African Cup that helped the outdoor program get through. And, yeah, to also probably do the same thing for the indoor guys it's another little, yeah, little thing that I can pat myself on the back and I'm really chuffed. Yeah, I mean, even though Chaddy scored two and uh, and Moose scored us to get us on the way, um, it was an incredible fight from the team. And yeah, just grateful that we, in the end, got through to the to the, to the the championship. And, and as Gozzi says and sings a lot, we are the champions in Africa and it's never going to stop. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, at this point, it's, it's uh, right. Let's bring in uh, coach Ryan Hacker. Hackers, obviously not your first foray into an African Cup. In fact, uh, your third. And all three have ended with success. What made this one stand out? Or what made this one a little bit better or different from the other two? Um, yeah, I think this one was was different. In, and I, and I, I, I think I did say it to the guys. And I think it does come across in the, in the discussions that we had before the match. But... For me, I can honestly say hand on heart that's the first final that I've ever gone into where I had no doubt in my mind what the result was going to be. Um, uh, we had, we had, I think the build up to that game, we had spoken about a lot of things. And uh, one of the things, obviously, even during camp was to be very deliberate about, it, about everything that that we did during the camp and there were targets that we kind of set ourselves in the pool matches and, and mental targets that I, I think that we put down during the tournament to lead up to that game. Um, and every one of those targets were achieved. So going into that game, I must be honest out of the other three, the other two qualifiers that I've been to, I can honestly say there wasn't a doubt in my mind what the result was going to be. Even when it was 1-1 at halftime, I, I can even remember saying to the guys, don't panic, it's, it's absolutely okay and, and we've got this. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a kind of a strange feeling because um, I haven't, in all my years of hockey, I haven't experienced that level of, I suppose, just calmness in the outcome. But um, 
So yeah, that was that was what for me what was quite different about this that particular match and, and that final. Bringing on Justin Rosenberg now, who's uh, the assistant coach. Justin, how tough was it um, having to to only take on two teams? Zimbabwe unfortunately failing to to make the tournament, and in effect, it meant that um, w- with the utmost respect to Botswana, but th- they were never going to challenge you. So you had the matches against Namibia. And of course you beat them, but in effect, that didn't really mean anything. It all came down to that final match. And, and how tough is that knowing that you've won, carrying that into the final, is that I'm sure it's a good thing, but it could also wreak havoc on, on certain teams because they, they could probably go into a match against a side that they've already beaten convincingly prior um, with an air of overconfidence. I think, yeah, the, the first thing we wanted to do was uh, lay a stake in the ground with that first match against Botswana to say to Namibia, we're here to take you the game to you, which was the most important thing. The second game, regardless of the result, we were looking, obviously looking forward to the final because there's only going to be two teams on the Sunday. But the important thing was the guys believing in the process, sticking to what we believed in. From the time we started camp, we always said there was only going to be one match that counted, which was going to be the Sunday match. The dress rehearsals before that was just to build up, getting our processes intact, getting the connections right. And from day one in camp, the connections just got better and better and better. The mood, the vibe in the camp just got louder and more boisterous. And the guys were just enjoying spending time with each other. And that for me was the biggest uh, turning point when we got to Sunday. They played for each other. There was only one team that we're going to do and they were playing for each other. That was the most important thing. And obviously, we were we were involved with uh, the broadcasting of the games. And, and could you feel the sense of support um, within the teams that, with people being able to follow it online? Of course, given COVID, you couldn't follow it in the stands, but uh, you had plenty of support uh, from outside those four walls at Thomas Moore. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the messages that came through, the video clips sent from around the country, the guys, family, friends, mates from around the, the, the world, ex-players uh, that were involved, they went to previous World Cups or played with some of the current guys currently in the squad. It actually brought goosebumps to a lot of the guys, including myself, to see the support and what, the, what this actually meant to them and what they wanted us to achieve because they can see the potential that this team currently has. And the important thing was they, they always say it's one team, one dream, but these guys were playing for the nation. The representation of what exactly what we are about and what we want to achieve come 2022. Uh, Nathan Diedrichs is the team manager. Nathan, I'd like to bring you in here. It's a different role being uh, the manager. And, um, you know, you, you have less direct uh, impact on the game as it's happening. But uh, obviously, the ladies lost just before the men. And... Whether we like it or not, that does cast a little bit of doubt into the back of the minds after the ladies had been so strongly fancied. Did you feel any nerves creeping in as a result of that? And if so, how did you and the management team manage to cope with that? I think just just before the final, I was pacing up and down in a classroom that we warmed up in. I didn't speak to anyone now. I think I cleaned up and, and picked up everything just to keep busy. Uh, and then I looked around and I, and I looked at the guys and they, they, had, they had a team huddle and they had a team talk and Jethro Davies, a uh, uh, few words there. And, and everything just picked up, the spirit lifted. And the guys were so confident that they're going to go in and, and, and they're going to win and they're going to go to Belgium. And you know the rest is history. Um, even though Namibia 
through first blood we knew we going to we going we going to Belgium. I mean, the, the, that uh, like I said, that, that that was bottom line. Uh, we just had to stay calm and look at it. And from management point of view, I mean, um, it was a bit of a challenge trying to organize and make sure that we keep our time frames and that there's no uh, sort of wasted time. But I think at the end of the day, we we, we done an okay job and the guys were all happy and they, they were sorted and they felt from coach and manager side that they got enough uh, fuel to, to, to go in there and do what they needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did make this statement and, and Rob Rob Goslett in Hans Sports. Obviously, you were the, the video technician for the team, the video analyst, uh, along with your support from Keegan Hezit. But uh, I'm going to bring you in here because you sit up in the corner and, and you know, I, I've had a chat with Ryan Hacken and, and uh, separately. And I did say, you know, with no disrespect meant to Namibia, the second South Africa equalized and it became one all. I felt the game was comfortable. I, I genuinely did. I, I felt it one nil down. There was always an element of doubt, and, and it didn't stay that way for long. But even at one nil at half time, I was fairly confident, uh, you know, that that we were going to go up a few gears and, and take it. I mean, standing up there in the squ- scaffolding in the corner, uh, the rickety scaffolding. I mean, obviously you had Keegan next to you there. But at, at what point did you feel like, all right, Belgium, we're coming? Yeah, Ty, I think I think it started way back, you know, when I landed. So I came sort of three days late to camp. Um, and I think the culture that the boys had from the start, and I think when Hacker said in the team talk that, you know what, if, you know, everyone's got each other's backs. Um, and I, I was thinking about this the other day when I was flying home, actually, and I was like, this has been, I've been sort of in, you know, within the SA setup and since 2013, outdoor, indoor, and, Honestly, this is like the first time where I've just seen everything come together. And from the moment, I mean, the video guy, you know, he's always left at the top of the tower and he's just doing his thing. But before I even had flown to to Derbs, um, Chad had already sent me a video with the guys who were staying in the lodge, just, yeah, vibing me and getting pumped. And um, obviously, I you know, out to hockey, it's always the Chippos in South Africa and then with the indoor, it's always Namibia. And yeah, I think, you know, from the coaching staff, they got it absolutely spot on hackers. I'll never forget, you know, uh, Domo's and Steve got injured and, you know, there was debate now. There was, a you know, uh, two different fives and now they have to rotate players in and out. And they sat there and they were, yes, they must have spent a good half an hour trying to figure out who's going to play where. And yeah, so I think, with in saying that, um, Ryan came sort of in the morning and him and Justin would write on paper and the guys knew exactly what was going on. So with the final, it's always pretty intense, you know, in the start, but I didn't have any doubt in my mind that these guys were gonna, you know, come come anywhere but first. So yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Well, Ty mentioned uh, Keegan, who's uh, sitting right next to you up there. And, and Keegan, uh, tell us about your role, because uh, you're one of the few that had a, a dual role. Of course, you're assistant uh, video technician. Also, the, the non-travelling reserve. How's it, Derek? Yeah, how's it, Um My role was a very different one to the other guys. Obviously, myself and Cam and Marvin being included in the camp and trying to get the guys ready for... The tournaments. I think our role was 
very different. You can get caught into a mindset of like trying to prove that you're the best and why you should be in the head of someone else or something like that. Or you can take the role of trying to get your team, your squad that you've been involved with best prepared for the occasion. And I think all three of us were willing to do whatever, help out at the sessions, obviously trying to prepare the 12 the best they could because obviously they've got to get us to the World Cup. Whether we're included in the World Cup or not, uh, we need to get there first. So I think that was the, the most important thing. And then obviously coming towards the end of camp, like having had six days with the guys or seven days or whatever it was, it was a bit cut to just leave, if you know what I mean. So it was cool to be included in the video, sit in the tower. Um, actually, some games I was I was hoping Namibia would score, so it'd be a bit competitive because the guys were dominating there on the court. So, yeah, it was enjoyable to watch. Nice to learn yeah. a bit from Gazi. And yeah, you just you just pushed yourself out of the selectors' definitely. minds with that statement, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, we we've got uh, Cam. Uh, the other non-traveling reserve. Cam, also, uh, a thoroughly important role. And, and like Keegan said, uh, doing the utmost that you possibly can to, to get the guys over the line and, and make sure that they book their, their ticket to Belgium. Yeah, I think it was such an awesome experience for us three, especially just being involved in that camp. Um, it was probably one of the best-run camps that I've been on in a long time. And just seeing how competitive all the guys were there at camp, um, yeah, it was insane to be involved. And then going into tournament, being able to watch the guys play, thanks to you guys. Um, yeah, it was epic. I think being involved there and seeing the the vibes the guys had going into the tournament and then seeing the way that they played off, out on the court was, yeah, it was incredible. And yeah, really proud to be involved with these guys at the moment. Stevie P, um, obviously... Uh, you were you were part of the squad. You got to play uh, a little bit of an injury. Saw you skip one game or just rest, but uh, big uh, big part of the team that that good did go and win it. I mean, what stood out for you in in the five games um, as as the highlight, other than obviously winning the tournament? Yo, um, Tyron, there's a no few there's a few highlights other than winning. No, bro. Yeah, yeah, definitely not, bro. Um, so I mean, personally, I got to score my first goal for for my country, which is freaking cool. I can take that off the list, which is, yeah, stoked with that. Um, and then it's also really cool to have one of my best mates scoring a double in the final. Um, <laughs> I got home. Uh, Maybe maybe a bit too much information, but I got home and I stay with with a few people in the house. And after they congratulated me when I got back, the first thing they asked was when Chaddy's coming over for bra. So just have some side info about that. Um, what else is that? I mean, I think before the the tournament even started, uh, the guys got on so well. We to be honest with you, after after the training in the morning, I was really looking forward to going back and having lunch with the buggers and playing some cards with them. So that was actually like a really cool highlight of every single day that we got to look forward to. I'm, I'm kind of missing it at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, nothing beats nothing beats lifting uh, lifting the trophy, eh? It's never going to stop, boys. 
Yeah, of course. I, um, I'm actually, the video is on and right now. Jethro is holding the trophy up. That being said, uh, Jethro actually doesn't know where the trophy is. And I'm not going to make him admit to that on on air. But uh, Anton van Lachenberg, of course, it was a slightly different um, a tournament for you. And, and a rather hair-raising moment that people may not really know what actually happened. But in one of the earlier games, you got struck in the neck. And it was actually a lot more serious than we thought at first. I mean, talk us through that and talk us through uh, your recovery. Um, yeah, it was it was a very scary moment. So what happened was got hit in the neck with the ball when running out for a shorty. Um, of course, the first thing I thought was, okay, a decent save. Um, but then I've been hit in the neck before. And then when I got struck the last time, I couldn't breathe. So I immediately took off my helmet. Yeah, I won't be able to breathe again. But then I could. But the scary thing was that the whole right side of my body, I couldn't really use it. It was like extremely flimsy. Couldn't really control my hand, my leg. And then <laughs> I'm not sure hackers knows about that. But yeah, I was I was really scared in that moment. And then the game didn't stop. The umpire didn't call time. So I had to rush back into goals. I think I made one or two more saves. Um, and then saw out, I think it was just three minutes left. Saw out that chucker, went off. Um, and yeah, I was just had some ice on my neck feeling a lot better, like my right-hand side of my body was slowly getting better, better, um, but still felt really awkward and went to bed, woke up the next day and I remember trying to write my name in the morning and I was really struggling and I'm right-handed, was trying to write my name, couldn't really do that um, and I just felt like my right-hand side of my body was in the clouds almost, struggling to control a lot of it um, and then it did get a lot better. And by the Botswana game, I was feeling, yeah, a lot better. And then warmed up. And even the doctor said to me, he's like, ah, something doesn't look right here. And I said, well, no, no, I'm feeling better. It's obviously getting um, um, resolved quite quickly. Um, but then played the Botswana game or the last chuck in the Botswana game and was getting a lot better. And just before the Namibian game, the doctor gave me a call and he was like, yeah, I really think um, we should go, you know, get it checked out properly. And he took me to the hospital, had an MRI. Um, and then they found out that when the ball hit me, three pieces of my um, artery broke off, small pieces, uh, which caused three minor strokes, um, which then yeah, collapsed the right-hand side of my body. Um, but he was immediately saying that the worst is behind me, no permanent damage, all is okay. Um, and then I saw a neurosurgeon at the, in the evening. That's why I had to leave the boys at halftime. Namibian game which I was extremely bleak about but I actually remember going to the hospital watching the game on my phone and every time they scored just going absolutely crazy um, which was quite often and then <laughs> yeah the neurosurgeon checked me out he also confirmed no long lasting damage um, all is okay so yeah and now I'm just on blood thinners I can't play sport for the next couple of weeks but then I'll be back um, and yeah the, m the main thing is no permanent damage so was scary at the time but yeah, feeling blessed that everything worked out fine in the end. Um, and, and, and I think, and Anton, I, mean, yeah, I, I, like, I just want to yeah. interject there because uh, for the for the listeners who don't know, uh, it's essentially a very similar kind of thing that happened to the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes. Obviously, mm. he was hit on the back of his head, but a very very similar thing. And uh, you know, I'm I'm I can only speak for myself personally, but but I could probably speak for everybody when I say I'm very pleased that it was nothing more serious. And I'm glad you're on the mend and we look forward to you, even if it's just for one arm, 
I know the Raiders guy <laughs> said they're really looking forward to playing an IPT against you again with a broken arm. Yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, well, Anton, we're really chuffed that uh, the worst looks to be behind you. Uh, and I can imagine that uh, Ryan Hack especially. So, uh, Hackers, did you know about how severe the injury was? Anton alluded to it earlier. He didn't know the f- if you knew the full extent early on. Uh, did you? And, jeez, um, what a what a shock to preparations. But, of course, you had a, a willing and able man to take over the role. Yeah, look, I think when it happened... Um, <laughs> I don't know what the, I think the tech table were fast asleep because as soon as Anton took his helmet off, I realized that there was a problem. Um, and we're frantically trying to get tech table to, to stop the game. And for whatever reason, yeah, the umpires just didn't blow the whistle. I mean, I know Nathan was shouting at them. I was shouting at them. I think some of the in the bench were shouting at them trying to get the game to stop. So for me, yeah, I knew it, it, it wasn't great. Um, when he took his when he took his helmet on, but um, obviously Doc Baker um, stepped in and, and he was the doctor on call. And for those of the guys in KZN, no Doc, he's he's a he's a well well known guy here in, in KZN. And um, Doc kind of pulled me aside um, just before I think before Anson. I think he was warming up for the Botswana game, um, and he pulled me aside. He said, "No, look, hackers, uh, I." I don't have the, the greatest feeling about this. I need a second opinion. Um, and when Doc kind of said that to me, I thought, oh, well, you know, yeah, that's, there, there was no, you know, there was no debate. Uh, Ants needed to go and to go and get looked after. Because, look, we all we all play the game because we love it. But, uh, you know, I'm, you know, player safety comes first. So I'm, I'm glad we... Uh, I'm glad we, we sorted that out and Anson will be absolutely fine going forward. Like you said, the worst is behind him. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, I think uh, Bongs uh, stepped up and, uh, yeah, what an what a introduction to, to international indoor hockey, to, to be thrown in the deep end and, uh, and to perform like that, quite honestly, was unbelievable. I don't think... It was quite strange. I don't think we, no one ever doubted his ability because that's exactly why he was there. But to be, still to perform in the way that he performed being so young, um, especially in that final where there was so much riding on it. Um, I know we did have a, a little chat before. Um, and I must be honest, when I looked into the Oaks eyes just before the final, I knew there was, I mean, if the guys scored, good luck, but they, they weren't going to score. They weren't going to score more than one against them in the final, that was for sure. Bonga Musa, tell us about that baptism of fire. Um, yeah, I um coming into the finals after finding out that answers is a no more is really tough because eh? I mean coming in as a youngster and you're looking at people that are like jets who have full uh, fully grown beards and all of that, then you feel like <laughs> intimidated, you know. Um yeah, you don't know what to do and all, but then spoke to hackers, I spoke to Jets and and um yeah, they really kept me calm, you know, and yeah, kept me focused, kept me in the game and yeah, had to do my job. Yeah, and, and you did it incredibly well. Uh, talk us through, was it was it in that final that, that amazing save time? Was it that one? I remember we actually rewound it at one stage to have a look. It was definitely the final. Yeah, Jethro is putting yeah. his thumbs up. Um <laughs> I know I posed a similar question to DJ Strauss um, in, in one of the earlier matches to talk us through a, a penalty save. And he said, well, the ball came and I stopped it. Um, 
<laughs> did, did you have the similar feeling? Um, yeah, um, the ball was going over me. So then I felt like going for it and then I felt like eating at the same time. But then I thought it was going to go in. So I was like, yeah, jump, man. That's how jump man came in. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it was it was really, really amazing. Congratulations. Uh, moving over to uh, Mustafa Kasim, also one of the youngsters in the side, but uh, playing like a veteran. Mustafa, I mean, we were privy to to a lot of the, the comments that, that were coming through uh, throughout the matches over the course of the three days. And uh, a lot of foreign uh, fans who, who were supporting either Namibia or Botswana, um, they, they were absolutely blown away by, by you and your brother. And they said it's it's actually illegal. Um, it's against the the realms of reality. And uh, wh- what's the word? Uh, it, it defies physics. Um, the the way you two are playing at stages. Someone asked for a red card. Remember, Derek? Yes, they did. They said, please <laughs> g- give them a red card because this is just too unfair. We can't be playing against these supernatural beings. Um, I, I mean, did you did you feel it? Uh, obviously, you and your brother have been playing for many many years, but it did look as if there was a sixth sense between the two of you. Yeah, how's it, Derek? Hope you're well. How's it, Sitai? Um, Yeah, a lot of people did ask me what told us that uh, we connected really well uh, during, the to- during the tournament. Um, yeah, I've been playing with him for a very long time um, and I feel like yeah, our connection have, has just grown, um, obviously, on and off the field. And yeah, it's just really nice to you know, have him as a, as a bigger brother. Um, it's a bit tough at the moment um, now that he's down in Cape Town and I'm in Durban. Um, but yeah, it just shows that uh, the connections never lost. And yeah, just like been like playing with him for a long time. I just I know I think we kind of know where where we we'll, where each other will be uh, on on the field. And yeah, that just comes naturally. Um, Muzi, obviously, just because we're on you quickly, you got a goal in the final. Um, I mean, obviously, you score enough goals in your life, but a goal in the final must feel special. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's always nice um, to contribute to the team as much as possible and um, obviously to get um, on the score sheet. But yeah, just I think a top effort from, from the guys and yeah, it was really nice to be to be on the score sheet and, and contribute to towards the process and, and to Belgium. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking about contributing to the score sheet, of course, in the final, that man, Thor, as Derek liked to say, on a live stream that I apparently call you that, Chad. And now, well, I now have new stories about you, not just when you're dribbling me, but I now have stories about when you broke Namibian hearts. Um, and there's more to that story, but I'm not going to go there. But uh, when you broke Namibian hearts in the final, in the final of the African Indoor Cup with two goals, obviously you scored the second, which gave South Africa the lead and is uh, the game-winning goal. And then, of course, wrapped it up with the last one right at the end. Uh, I mean, like Jethro, I felt uh, that you came into this game and probably played your best game of the tournament in the final. In fact, um, I did equip on air that I believed you were the man of the match in the final. Um, you must be pretty pretty chuffed with how your tournament went and specifically how your your final went. What's up, Sa? What's up, Derek? Um yeah, sure. I'm actually getting a bit of goosebumps thinking about it now. Um, yeah, uh, funny enough, I actually haven't spoken to 
any of the players or even my friends much about the final. I've actually been resting, which has been pretty cool. Um, but looking back at it, I think I was actually a little bit worried when it got to halftime. And like, it wasn't a worry that we weren't going to win. It was just a worry that who is going to step up. Um, and to be honest, I think everyone did at that point. Um, and I remember having a moment, I think, in the two games before that, where I ended up having a similar shot at goal, similar position, and I remember missing it. So funny enough, when I got myself into that position in like a split second, it wasn't even like, cool, I'm going to know where to put this. I was just thinking, don't miss the exact same position you were going to. And I completely aimed the opposite side of the goal. And lucky enough, it just snuck in. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, it was a bit of a fluke for me. Um, and, yeah, I think, like Stevie said, and same as Muzzy, scoring a goal in the final, it's an unbelievable feeling, I think. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah, whatever whatever you can do at the time to, to put your team ahead is what will be done. I think at the end of the yeah, I'm a forward, so that's my job. So it, it shouldn't actually be, you know, it's a cool thing. It's, a, you know, you're a forward, you should be scoring these goals. Um, but yeah, your commentary is definitely going to be uh, restricted from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, if, if anyone gets a chance, go go find a DigiTV game where Tim Eustace played uh, Team Robinson and uh, you'll understand why Chad is prefers when I'm not on the commentary. I, I kept it PG-16 this time around. Um, but uh, yes... Uh, Chad, you didn't have to play with your father this time because Rusty wasn't there, <laughs> but you did get to play with a experienced player in the team, and uh, it's a perfect time to bring in the man who uh, got Instagram a month before the tournament started, just so that he could uh, fit in with the youngsters in the team. Uh, Justin, I- I'm obviously uh, poking fun at you, but uh, you know you are a little bit further advanced in your career. You've played in the African Cups, you've played in the World Cup. But uh, it must still be exciting and special to have the opportunity to qualify for Belgium for a World Cup with your country. How's it, everyone? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's always exciting. It's always great to play in a final. I think it's a privilege to play in any final. And especially with this bunch of guys, it was incredible being a part of that team. I'm really proud to say I was part of this team. And yeah, a great achievement for all of us to, to win another final and put us on track for World Cup. You know, it was pretty cool, Justin. Is sorry, Tom. I we we caught up with you uh, that morning be, before you guys jetted off uh, for Thomas More, and and it, it's amazing because on the eve of of such a big match, and we know that so so much was at stake. And granted, you had beaten the Mabir Prime in the tournament, but that being said, it all came down to that game. Uh, I I don't think I've encountered many more sports people as relaxed as you were that morning at the hotel. Yeah, I wasn't worried at all, Derek. I uh, had complete faith in this team. I mean, even when we went down a goal, I was upset that we had conceded a goal. I wasn't upset or concerned about us about us losing the game. Uh, yeah, I had a complete and relaxed and faith in the team that we were going to going to going to win this convincingly. And yeah, at no point during that game was I concerned at all. So it's, yeah, it's a great bunch of guys and a really talented bunch of guys. So, yeah, so no in, worries there. 
in complete contrast, going from someone like you who has uh, experience in, in such matches to someone who's still fairly new to, to international hockey, so to speak, Lungani Gabela. Uh, Lungani, do you share the same sentiments as Justin uh, in the morning of the match? Did you know for a fact that you guys would win even after going down a, a goal down fairly early in the final? Um, what's up, guys? Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> not really. Um, it was obviously my first final as well, so Justin um, was definitely more, you know, calm and whatnot. But like I said, or not like I said, but like some of the guys said, uh, when we look around the room, you know, you see a lot of calm heads. Uh, so I just, yeah, I just fed off that, and yeah, I just, I think that morning I was like, yo, folks are really loud and chatterboxy as they usually are so I was like hey, cool I guess it's this is how it is this is how it is in the final so I just fed off that energy and just calmed down just kept thinking about it kept thinking about it the whole day and when it arrived like the Oaks saying one all done I also wasn't worried <laughs> funny fact actually um, I remember going off the chucker and there were sweets on the bench and I was like damn where are my sweets like like this, <laughs> there's an open package here and I'm pretty sure someone's eating I'm like damn one of these snakes have eaten my pizza. So I wasn't really worried about going and gold down. I was just worried about getting the job done and the yeah, definitely those sweets. I'm a bit upset about that. But yeah. It's like yeah, there was more packets. <laughs> but yeah, I was pretty I was pretty calm. It's pretty calm. It wasn't really uh, anything hectic. So, so just to reiterate, so um, <laughs> conceding one of the biggest goals that you're likely to concede in your relatively young career and uh, your mind were on was on on sweets. Yeah, no. Um so, like I said Feeding off the energy. I, I remember trying to speak to Chad, or he was trying to speak to me. And I was watching the game. He's like, "No, just relax, relax." I was like, "Okay, cool." Now, if the Oaks around me are like a calm, whatnot, let me just take my mind off. You know, like it's not a final; it's just another game. It's just another game. And then, like, they maybe calm down. Then, yeah, that's right. That's that, at that time. That's when I focused on the sweets. <laughs> at that time, I was like, "Cool, let me just look for sweets and just calm down," because everyone else around me is calm, level-headed. Don't need to be worrying about like, you know, um, we go down, panic, panic, panic. No, it was just all cool, calm, collected. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me just get these sweets in my system. I need some energy. I need some more firepower and I get back on. <laughs> Rustin Abrams, were there any sweets uh, in your arsenal that you were worried about or, or were you more concerned with the, the fact that you guys were a goal down? Um, no way. Um, <laughs> Unlike Abella, I wasn't um, focused on any sweets. Uh, just more enjoying the moment, enjoying the game. <clears throat> um, I think the boys play a really exciting brand of hockey. And when we went to call down, like everyone has said, there's no need to stress because we do score goals. It's just a matter of when we score, we're just going to score plenty more afterwards. So... Yeah, I was just more enjoying the moment than <laughs> enjoying sweets. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, you, you are the vice captain of the side. So, of course, you've got Jethro Eustace uh, leading from the front, but you play a significant role too. So, I mean, when, when you were on the court, Jethro wasn't around. Uh, the guys looked to you for, for leadership. And uh, certainly, um, there were some very testing moments uh, during that first half where, uh, yeah, you had to, to lead from the front, so to speak. Um, to be honest, in my five, there is a lot of leaders. So I know for a fact if I'm not as calm as I should be, there's Chad, there's Steven, there's Cabela, and also Aiden, who's the youngest player in our five, also has leadership roles. So I don't really have to stress about leading from the front. I can literally just let the boys 
come together and problem solve <laughs> problem solve on the field. So honestly, yes. <laughs> being a vice captain for the for the Blitzstocks isn't too much of um, how do I say a stressful situation. You know, we have a lot of leaders, so it's really nice to just play with the boys. Uh, I can I can see I, I mean Hacker's cameras is all, camera is off but I can see him and Nathan are absolutely loving that answer. You've just secured your vice captaincy for longer, uh, great answer. But uh, obviously, as you said, you you partnered with a player like Aiden. Aiden, I mean, uh, you did get your debut against Switzerland last year. As uh, Rasmus said, you're the younger statesman in the team. But obviously, you were on the field in your five a lot with Rustin. And, and how much did uh, you know, Rustin's experience having gone to Berlin, having played in Swakopmund, how much did that impact on you uh, and bring calm to you in, in that specifically frenetic first half before we took control? Yeah. Um, hi. Hi, Derek. Hi, Ty. Um, I think it was, it was actually playing with a player like Rustin. I think you, you, you like, you really learn a lot. Um, I feel like they, as a team, we never really put pressure on each other. So it was like making a mistake would just mean that the guy behind you actually makes the tackle or something. Um, yeah, so on that, yeah. And in the final, I just personally think that it was throughout the whole tournament, I just think that it was a great example of everything just coming together from like, from the actual training, from the preparation to the management, to the coaching, everything just came together in the end. And I feel like that took a lot of pressure off of me as a player because there were proper processes set in place. And it was it was just really nice just to worry about just focusing on playing hockey and doing your best for the green and gold. I mean, and that's exactly what you guys did. Also, Jethro, thank you for writing a script for all the guys because they are on point tonight with the answers. Well done. All right, we heard from the one Kasim. It's important that we hear from another Kasim now, and that man is Dan Kasim. Dan Sibbalt, who uh, very quickly became Dan Kasim on the stream because, uh, Dan, uh, obviously, I spoke to you just before the tournament started. You, you've played outdoor for South Africa, but your combination with the Bravo brothers, the Kasim brothers, uh, yeah, was something special to watch. And, and it looked like you were a veteran of the indoor hockey court, even though you got your debut in game one. How's it, Tyron? How's it, guys? <laughs> yeah, I think you, you're also forgetting there. Um, I had the super experienced behind me um, and the, the supernatural in front of me. So my job was pretty much just to receive the ball from the back and pass it to the front. And I think everything in between that just took care of itself. I mean, I mean, you make it sound simple, but you really did make it look simple as well. I mean, as you said, you were, were fairly new to indoor a, a while ago. You, you, you have the remarkable uh, story of, of making the team from the Robin side, the third side, where you only played as a, as a fill-in after someone was out. But uh, did you find the difference between indoor and outdoor national hockey majorly different? Uh, personally, personally, a little bit, yeah. I think the environment was a bit different, and like it, 
it just seemed just as professional, but a lot more relaxed. And I think that's just, you know, personally me putting less pressure on myself and, and, you know, and credit to the indoor side for creating that environment. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think there was a slight difference. So from Dan to Dayan and, uh, I'm not going to say we're leaving the best for last, but based on the tournament, uh, he was named player of the tournament. Dan Kasim, uh, I think it was towards the end of, of that match, it looked like a foregone conclusion that, that you would get the award. And I remember when Ty was announcing it afterwards, all the players looked at you immediately as Ty was still saying, okay, now for the player of the tournament. It was, to them, an obvious choice. From your side, did you feel that uh, you're the best player out there at uh, Thomas Moore over the, the course of three days? Um, how's it, guys? Um, no, I think it's it's always cool if you have you know, different players around you that makes your job easy. Um, like Dan said before, if you have the experienced players at the back and then Dan in the middle and the strikers in front and they're giving you the ball and you just have to put the ball away, that's the most important thing. Um, and I think, yeah, I got asked this question after tournament, um, how does it feel to be nominated player of the tournament? And for me, it's that's not the, it's not big for me, you know, like it's just a, a award, you know, because at the end of the day, for me, the team is the man or the player of the tournament because without these guys, it wouldn't have happened. And it's important that we qualified for the World Cup. For me, that's, that's really important. I'm going to echo the, the question that I asked earlier to your brother. We heard the comments made by certain people around the globe saying that you guys were defying physics. Uh, did you feel... Um, a sixth sense, again, uh, playing alongside your brother. Of course, he's relatively new to the international circuit. Great to be alongside him playing for SA. Um, yeah, I think at the start um, in camp, it was a bit tough. Um, I know he's he moved to Durban, so it was a bit tough. And he told me, like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And I was thinking to myself, like, we have this connection. Like, where's the connection gone? And then I think as tournament went on, it became yeah, much, much easier. And I think as the first game went against Botswana, I thought that connection came back again. And I think, yeah, like, because we, we stayed together, you know, for a couple of years and been playing together, like, the connection doesn't leave. You know, it's always there and it will always be there. And it's always nice to play with someone like my brother that who knows if I have the boy here, he has to run there and vice versa. So, yeah, it's always amazing to play with him. So we've gone around the room and everyone's got a piece of the action and it's very tough to include everyone when you're dealing with uh, over 20 people in, in an interview and you're going to pack so much. But uh, back to Jethro Eustace, the captain of the squad, of course, and a goal scorer in that final. Jethro, a little bit of banter, I think, is, is in order now. And you know, there were certain stages uh, during the, the games against Namibia where things got very, very heated. And in fact, I remember the, the, the penultimate match against Namibia where we kept on saying, how, how rough things were getting. Um, who, who is, without a doubt, the, the hottest-headed player in your squad? Who do you reckon, oh, oh um, I've got to have to rein him in now. Uh, as a captain, who, <laughs> who takes that title? Definitely testing me there, Derek. I think, you know, it's interesting. There was a lot of calm heads, good leaders, um, as, as Rusty said. I think there's a lot of guys that are really good. I do think uh, Muzi has to take the award just because the man is just extreme in, in doing everything at the highest level and the, 
best level as possible. So if, if I had to go with someone, it would have to be Moose. Um, I think his uh, ability to do some crazy stuff on the field also maybe leads him to be a little bit too emotional sometimes. So maybe that is probably the man that gets the award. Mustafa, yeah, do you, and, do you and, concur? I think we've lost no, it. He, he, um, Muzzy can't come to the phone right now. He's in the sin bin. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, I believe that uh, at Varsity College, they are naming the sin bin the Mustafa Kasimche. So if you get to sit there. And uh, it's fun to give him banter when he's on mute and, and we can't hear him because uh, we can get away. Oh, oh, there we go. I just saw the unmute go. Welcome back, Muzzy. I'm still here, so it's uh... <laughs> um, All right, so... Uh, a lot of you have played PSI, and uh, you know, in 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 honor of that, um, you know, what, which which franchise uh, really really has taken South Africa to the next level? Is that a direct question for me, Ty? No, nah, Jed, Jed. Unfortunately, you and I, we come from a, a generation that uh, PSI was maybe PSI, a type yeah. of breakfast, but it was not a hockey. Yeah, but I can say East Rand Quakers definitely. Say yeah, of course. Right we so we've got some love for the Quakers. <laughs> Stephen Powell. Maybe the Cape Seals. Yeah, we got some Cape Seals loves. Um, some Gauteng Griffins. Gauteng Griffins. Griffins, <laughs> Griffins all the way. Come on. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I can see... Uh, Stevie P woke up there just to show us an East Rand sign, and now he's gone back to sleep. Thanks, Stevie P. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, PSI has made things different, but we know uh, Diane won player of the tournament, but, boys, who was the player of the tournament? You know, in the There's only hours. one man, Thor. Thor, it has to be Thor. There's only one man, Thor, 100%. I would go with Bongs on this one. Oh, yeah, Bongs. 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 Yeah, I just want to jump in here. I, I do believe that um, after the tournament, I know there was a lot of discussions with the Botswana national side, and I, I do know um, that Bongs was in consultation to go and give a uh, coaching clinic in Botswana um, to to help their, their, their guys um, coming on. I don't know if that's been established yet and if, if many terms have been agreed. But uh, from my understanding, I thought it was pretty close for Bonds. Bonds is going to go to Botswana to help them out uh, to develop to develop some of their players further. <laughs> very, very appropriate accidental uh, emission of the word hockey. But Bonds, uh, please just finish my trick first, okay? Will do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of Bongs, Bongs obviously uh, won himself a new nickname, but uh, in terms of nicknames, anybody else generates a new nickname? Bongs got Flying Man or, or something like that from, from his schoolboys. Uh, you know, when he walks into a room, people get, uh, they now jump and fall over just to mimic what he did. Who else won an award, uh, won a new nickname during the African Chef Indoor Chef Cup Nathan. other than Dan? Chef Nathan. Chef Nathan. 
What was Master it? Chef Master Chef Nathan. He's uh, busy preparing. I think we got him standing in our side. I think Aiden wants to name him. No, stop it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Gabela. I think we have Ngani Gabela. <laughs> yeah, an Australian. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel like I feel like the listeners need a little bit more to that. Agreed. I can see uh, Nathan is just busy eating something that he's cooked as well. So, uh, so Aiden, what is the story between uh, the good old Aussie, Lingani Gabela? <laughs> um, I think it was actually it was it actually came upon when Moose actually said it first, and then we just. Started and that just became his new nickname. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you this is the PG sixteen because uh, uh, <laughs> this doesn't sound like the true story, but that's okay, um, guys. Uh, obviously, we had a physio who couldn't join us tonight, York Petty, um, and uh, there was rumors going around that certain players. Uh, Sorry, We yeah. also got uh, the nickname of uh, Snackers. Snackers. <laughs> Who could that be? Uh, I see Chad <laughs> throwing his hands up in the air, loving this. So th- th- there's got to be a great story here. And, and, and is it for for the listeners' ears? Well, actually, it has to be. We They're listening right now. I think let's draw a line under it and let's move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can. I, you know, I do sometimes wish we were recording the video for this because uh, to see the reactions to that were great. But um, all deliberate. <laughs> all right, but but in all fairness, it's an important question: Was Stephen Pyler really injured, or was it just for extra physio time? All of the above. Gonna, All of the above. I'm going to go with extra physio time. I mean, I won't lie. I did see Derek limping after a cricket game. <laughs> I mean, I got to, whether this is true or not true, I do remember Stevie and Dayang having a ching chong chat to see who would be uh, first on the table. Um, because, yeah, no matter when you when you try to book your physio session, there's either Stevie or Dayang. On that physio table, getting there themselves rubbed down. Steve's ass is in the air. You walk in there and his pants are nearly by his knees. For some reason, his hamstring was sore, but then his glutes <laughs> getting touched. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Stevie? Uh, I don't know. I tried. I tried my best, but every time I went there, there's always two other boys there chilling in the room already. So <laughs> it's not well, entirely three true. Three other guys. Was it three guys? Three. Uh, we can mention uh, the names. Do we name and shame? Should we name and shame? Go for it. I think so. I think you can so. do it. You can do it. Um, Thor, um, Sir Chetro Eustace, and uh, Rustin. Oh, I always got But in fairness, Chetro did need a can lot you of please ask, Can you please ask them what the late night spice was all about, if you don't mind? You heard the man Muzzy is now running this interview. <laughs> Muzzy, who, I think, who, I think, who I think Rustin needs to answer that one. He's got a, got a good explanation. He was Captain Spice, so I think he needs to, to own up. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you're not in the room for spice time, you can't let the spice out. Next time, 
pull through for the boys. I I love the fact that they referred to Chad as as Thor because I know I alluded to it during during the broadcast saying that Ty called you that and then we spoke to you afterwards and we said yeah I know Derek invented a new nickname for you. you go oh what was it and I said no Thor he goes oh yes he's my absolute hero so now when they referred to you as Thor was that there already or was that the first time and now that name stuck I don't I don't think it was there already and I don't think it's stuck I think it's more used as an, a tune <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's the when when your nickname gets involved, you know it's banter floodgates are opening up very soon. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, I, I'm glad that uh, I gave you a new moniker and uh, that it will stick. Uh, it's uh, one of the few times that my commentary has actually paid off and has uh, longevity past the actual match. And uh, Ryan, listening to these guys carry on amongst each other, of course, there's uh, brilliant friendships that, that have grown over the, the last couple of weeks, particularly over that weekend in Durban. It, it must be great to hear the camaraderie take place between these guys. Um, yeah, Derek, I think, you know, and I'm going to take a moment now in all seriousness. And um, I think, you know, I know that you and Ian Ty have been around for a while and you've, you've interviewed a, a whole host of, of sportsmen. Um, and the one thing, again, even when we, were, when we were choosing this side, and I know it's something that myself and David spoke about a lot as well with this group, is that it, it's not just about ability alone. I think there is an incredible, incredibly special type of player that makes up this group here. And, that, and I, I put uh, Hezo and Marv and, and Cam in there as well because, you know, everyone's spoken and, and every single one of these guys ha- have been able to put team against a uh, team above self. Um, and I haven't, I haven't been in an environment like that where hand on heart, there are no egos on the side. Um, there are a lot of, you know, really confident young hockey players, but all incredibly focused on on playing as hard as they can for their country. And through a whole lot of other, like I said, I know Jet touched on some things and, and Chad's gone through it. And there's a whole lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes and everyone's got personal struggles. But I, honestly, I cannot be prouder of of this group of 16 players because not, and it's not just about on the field, off the field. They are absolutely, they're professional. They, um, I think every single one of them would make their parents proud. Um, and they've made South Africa proud because um, what I've been a part of and, and seen, and again, just listening to the guys talk now, um, there is something really special, special happening with this group of guys. And I, uh, I'm really excited to see what what happens because I don't think this 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 story is far from finished being written. There's a, a video that uh, the Bloodstocks have released on their Instagram page. It is, you know, very much in the vein of chasing the sun. That emotional uh, thing, and 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 it probably deserves a lot more. And hopefully. Uh, Rob Goslett, you and the team can put something together for Belgium that is a series because they deserve it. Nathan, before I head back to Jethro, um, as a team manager, you know, a manager has to so often watch for the behavior off the field. You must have been incredibly proud over the past, uh, that uh, those five, six, seven days together 
at the behavior that you saw and, and really how this team embodies the saying proudly South African. You know, uh, Ty, when, when it came to the most intense moments where uh, sort of emotions and flared up and, 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 and players got cards, uh, just one word to the guys, just calm down, you know, just, just relax and, 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 and things will get back on track again. Uh, so, you know, there was, there was never a worry about uh, someone getting a red card or, 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 or anything happening. Uh, I think the guys behave quite well. Um, the camaraderie is quite strong, and we can only grow from strength to strength. Yeah, it it it, it definitely is. Uh, you know, uh, Gazi spoke earlier about being involved since 2013. I've been involved uh, from a distance since uh, 2011, and from a lot closer since 2016. This is a team that there is something special about it. Um, and Jethro, if I go over to you. I mean, you are involved, uh, obviously, in the outdoor setup as well. But there's something extra special going on here right now in this indoor team. Yeah, I think actually we, we maybe have said it for quite some time. There's hockey in South Africa is growing strength to strength in every regard, from junior section uh, to the masters to females to males. Um, Marissa said an, an amazing chat the other day. Um, just talking about what an amazing sport hockey is and to be looking at hockey as a whole, we're probably the fastest growing sport in the country. Um, but yeah, with, with the group that we've had uh, over the last, I would say, year and a half, I think we including also the 24 that, um, that were doing the whole process last time during lockdown, I think this group is trying, trying to achieve something that we, we haven't achieved before and, and write, write some things in history that will probably be remembered forever. Um, and I think it's just it's just as Ryan said and as Nate says is like these guys are willing to put a lot on the line um, for this team and put things forward. Um, but again, it also goes back to who's looking after us. And and again, we we have to thank our sponsors because again, if you look at all these guys, uh, most of them are in the outdoor program, and we see the dynamic that's happening with the outdoor program trying to raise funds. Uh, this program, at least for the last. Couple of couple of World Cups have been well looked after, not necessarily on a on a full funding program, but as close as possible. And I mean, tops at Spa have been incredible um, for the last two cycles. Uh, Taylor Sportswear have been incredible with the the brand and the kit clothing. Um, we know Adventure Sport and Kia have come on for the last uh, while, um, and and also with uh, Enhanced Sports Media, uh, Thomas Moore. Uh, good stuff um, and obviously most importantly radar media for giving us the coverage that we're getting for this team um, it can't, we can't complain about what we're getting and we really do appreciate in every regard for everything that's happened and you know, I think this team is just an exciting place to be in at the moment and, and I wouldn't be yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't hold back on trying to jump on board and, and help this team go and, and create history in in, Berl, uh, in Belgium I was going to say Berlin I keep thinking about Berlin in 2018 but yeah, this uh, 2022 in Feb next year, I think is going to be incredible uh, time for this team. And, and yeah, I think it's a brand that people should jump on board and help and support. But yeah, we have to thank those that have helped us get here so far. And, and yeah, I really do appreciate all the effort that these these companies and, and uh, yeah, organizations have put for us. Um, if I've missed anybody, I do apologize. But again, this has been an incredible process and we thank everybody, um, Ty, Derek as well, I mean, for giving us the coverage. And uh, we want to be expressing the talents that we have without you guys. So thanks so much for 
for everything. And from behalf of the team, we yeah, we really uh, indebt all all the success to you guys as well. Uh, look, the the thanks is really from us. Uh, we we just provide a platform, but it's your story that's being told. Um, so keep telling the keep giving us these great stories, and we'll keep giving the platform as much as we can. Uh, up absolutely, it's been great to see to see the sponsors come on board. Uh, Kia Inval, fantastic. Uh, obviously, Tops at Spa have been really good, and and for a lot of you guys, uh, you know, it's it must just be really nice to know that someone has your back and that it's not just uh, raising funds in a way that uh, you have to so often elsewhere. Uh, Chad. Hello. I feel like you had some <laughs> some value you wanted to add. <laughs> uh, I think uh, adding on to the, the, the initial question earlier and how or what makes the, the team different, the dynamic, um, I think I do have to add into our hot box sessions. Um, it's definitely something that, yeah, it adds so much, uh, I don't know, uh, almost like a vibe to the, the, the current culture that we have. I know uh, working on under David, the, the culture was already boiling. And I think that changing it into a certain way or letting it come out in a certain way is also very important. Uh, Stevie and I are actually reading one of the legacy books by the All Blacks. And I think it's very important to note in that, similar to us, is like the, the culture side of it in making a team. It's Everyone can want to do the same thing. But I think when you, when you said Jet's writing our speeches here, it's it's not because he actually is, uh, despite one or two. It's, it's honestly because I think we, we're such a tight-knit family as it is. I mean, spending seven days together and then coming home, you almost feel a little bit like depressed because you're now like leaving your family. Um, so it's like just, it's, it's not even just a, a, an on the field type family. It's a mental check-in, a physical check-in, an emotional check-in, knowing where we are over the entirety of the journey, not just during the seven days, but in general. I think that is something completely special. I've never had that in any team, whether it's a school team you've played in for six, seven years, a club team, all of that. I think it's an initiative that we've obviously used from lower teams or provincial teams and pushed it into our setup. And I think just the passion has now directed it into such an amazing yeah, feeling. Let me say that. Yeah, I just want to jump in and uh, thank you very much for the kind words there, there Jet, uh, regarding uh, our uh, contribution to to the whole scheme but i mean really it, it like tyron said it, it it was an absolute pleasure i mean we do it it's fun and you know what the greatest thing for me is and i mean everyone knows that i'm fairly new to hockey particularly when it comes to indoor hockey but it's an amazing sport and the the highlight for me is not just so much the victories but it's being able to show people what they're missing out on and having to watch indoor hockey and watch it at that speed and I'd never seen you guys in action before as a team in real life up close and personal and it absolutely blew me away and it and I wasn't the only one and for people that were tuning in for the first time they were amazed at what they saw and Justin I mean that's got to make you feel pretty good about yourself being able to put smiles on people's faces particularly those that didn't really know what they were about to watch and then suddenly they thought wow this is great. And he's gone. <laughs> he has gone. Uh, let's move over to Gabs. Uh, same question. I'll, I'm not sure what Justin you're referring to, Derek. Sorry, uh, sorry Ju- Justin Domnier. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, being able to 
to bring hockey to people. And I mean, I, I'm going to refer back to what five, six, eight years ago when we started out. There, there was no coverage, um, and this was the first time I think we've had proper coverage on international hockey outside of the World Cup, and that's been great. I mean, I had family up here in Malawi with me that managed to watch people supporting from up here and all over the world. So I think it's just great to be able to showcase what we can do and what we can bring to the game. And I'll go over to other Justin as well to to just continue on that theme. And yeah, similar theme, Justin, just in, in terms of being able to show the world how good you guys are and the speed at which you do it at. It's pretty cool. I think uh, the, the boys put their hands up. So the, the important thing, there was, a, there was guys from Europe watching the games live, streaming it, because they said, oh, maybe South Africa's got something. Now all of a sudden they're going, wow, what are they going to bring to the World Cup? And that's the most important thing. We're going to bring something special. Our target is to end top five, which is important. But with the group that we have currently, I think we can achieve that. And it's just about believing the process, maintaining it, and just believing in each other at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really do. I, uh, I love the concept of a African team, whether it is the South African men, the Namibian women, or both going to the World Cup. Firstly, getting out of the group stages in the top eight, which is very, very uh, doable. And once you're there, sneak into that top six. And, you know, never know, as we saw Australia at the last World Cup, finishing fourth, uh, it's an Australian team that at the last World Cup, I thought we would have beaten. We were probably the better team on paper. We just didn't get the, they got the group draw that we might have wanted. Thanks to them, there's the likes of New Zealand, Kazakhstan, possibly Trinidad and Tobago again. So there's really is great opportunity. We've shown against Switzerland we can we can fight with the best in the world. Um, and uh, there's a really big opportunity. If someone gets into the top six, we get two spots for Africa. And I'll tell you what, that can only be good for the growth of the game in this continent. And it won't just be Botswana and Zimbabwe. It'll be Malawi and Mauritius and Ghana joining us. And uh, who knows, uh, the dream of having a two-tier African Indoor Cup is not that far away then all of a sudden. Uh, Goss, uh, I'm going to go back to you. Obviously, you've been involved in a while. You uh, went along into previous World Cups as the video analyst. Um, and you've also been uh, able to see uh, Ryan, the coach, be in the role of coach, assistant coach. And now after the change here, coach once again. Uh, you know, how important was Hackers in the guidance and uh, leadership of this team? Yeah, I think other than him demoting me from being his roommate, um, which is what we were in Berlin, um, I think he got everything else right except for that. Um, but yeah, I had a great time with Justin Rosenberg uh, as his new roomie. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I think Hackers, Hackers got it all spot on. Eh? And I think I'll never forget he phoned me um, yeah, uh, a few months ago saying don't want to be part of the team and the process going forward. And yeah, obviously working with them quite a lot in the past. Um, also with the Raiders, when I started off um, sort of doing video analysis back in the day, um, yeah, I jumped at it. And I think, yeah, like I said earlier, he definitely spent a lot of the time uh, in the room with myself and Justin uh, watching Namibia. Um, the Oaks knew exactly who was going on when um, penalty corner defense attack. They, they actually had 
um, sort of had everything written down on, on, on a page and they had that stuck up behind the, the bench. So yeah, everyone knew what was going on at all times. So yeah, hats off to hackers. Um, other than demoting me from his roommate, like I said, he was spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hackers, uh, you and I have had an off air chat that we will keep off air because, uh, some of the players don't want to know what you and I said about them. But, uh, you know, I know the level of analysis that you did on the opposition was so much so that you were prepared for every eventuality. Uh, I mean, we saw in the very first group game that uh, you played a psychological game um, when you did the, the team on, team off, team on, team off that led to the penalty corner that led to really the moment that broke uh, the Namibians back in that first game uh, leading. Uh, I think uh, at that stage it was quite close. And then we just pulled away. Uh, I know that uh, your analysis was very focused in terms of the final. Um, you knew exactly where you, uh, you were going. Um, you, you must be happy that you had the right team off the field to back the team on the field. Um, yeah, Ty, I think, you know, everything, again, I, I know we said it before, but everything was very deliberate. I mean, you know, Justin and, and what he brings to to the group was uh, invaluable. Um, having someone like Goz, um, again, who, who's been who's been with me pretty much since 2012, uh, just from video analysis, kind of knowing what we want, um, to York, um being, you know, super, super professional and um, Nathan, unbelievable manager. And I think that the key is, is to create an environment that the guys can just focus and play hockey. And I think that all in all is, is the secret. I think if you, if you give this group the tools and let them play, um, you know, I think, I think that's, 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 that's going to be the that's going to be the basis of of our success. So, I think take nothing away from um, Namibia. Um, I think you know to be fair to them, what Trevor's managed to do um, with that group of boys um, over the last eight years is, to be quite honest, is pretty incredible. Um, but I I do feel though that um, this particular group is is, is something special. Um, and um, like I said before, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what happens in, in Belgium because, like I said, I, I don't think the story is this, – this, this, uh, there's still a lot more to be written uh, with this group of players. Yeah. Um, I, I, wanted to say, uh, I wanted to say this because I, I believe it should be said. I think this was the best Namibian team ever at an African Indoor Cup. And the gap between them and South Africa has grown. And that is testament to the work and the talents of the team that are here tonight. But winning an African Indoor Cup is good. Going to the World Cup and finishing top six is great. But one of you tonight will get the chance to add your name to the honors board of the one question quiz. Live in the moment till I die. All right, so some of you have been on the, the quiz before. Um, you get one question, but because of the size of the room, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you one question, similar to what I did with you, Justin, 
uh, Rustin and uh, and Jet. Apologies, Jethro. Um, before the before the 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 tournament started, I'm going to ask you a question. You get to guess a number. The person who is the closest, they will be the one question quiz champion. That means that most of you will be disappointed, but one of you will be able to add one question quiz champion to your title, to your LinkedIn profile, to your Twitter page, uh, right underneath the hashtag jumping man follower. Um, all right. So here is the question. Uh, and we'll go around the room quickly. You just say your answer. You no time to do calculations or anything. Uh, obviously, there were two tournaments happening at um, Thomas More College, the men's and the women's, 14 matches. And the question is, in those 14 matches, how many goals were scored in total? Um, okay, Justin's gone 220. Everybody can just shout their answers out. Keep going. 185. 185. Dan? 148. 248. Justin, 198. I'm going 450. I'm going 450. 450. Aiden is drunk. Rustin? 210. 210. Bongs? I'm 148, eh? Yeah, uh, you you scored one forty eight against Botswana, Yanni. Two fifty. Two fifty. Uh, Justin R. Rosie. Are you shouting? I said two twenty. I said two twenty. Yes, you did. Uh, Muzzy. Three sixty. Three sixty. Gabs. <laughs> uh, two twenty three. Uh, Goss. Uh, 255. Uh, Justin Domley, uh, I think I did hear yours. I think you shot a 190. Yeah, 190. Yeah, Cameron. Um, I'm gonna say 233. 33. Stevie P, I'm gonna say 257. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Two one two. Two one two hackers. Um two twenty-eight. All right. Has anyone not given an answer? I haven't. Two forty-one. Two forty-one. All right. Last chance if I've missed you. You get me two seventy time? Two seven zero. Yeah, got yours. I got yours, Cherry. Two seventy. All right, so the answers are in. They are locked, they in. Are locked in. Derek, give Derek, us a drum us roll. A drum. Not that you have one safe there, but just pretend. Drum roll. Uh, I've just given you some editing work. All right, so pretend you heard a drum roll, ladies and gents. That, that was a great drum roll. Time. Yeah, it was brilliant. Thank you. Thank Edi- you very much edi- to our producer. Editing work, my ass. <laughs> I, I didn't actually hear anything, that's why. But anyway... Um, I can tell you that in the men's tournament, there was 156, including two from Aidenton. Because your name is right above the total eight. Uh, 156. So this probably means Aiden is not going to get right with his 460. Um, 
And I win big day. I win big. <laughs> I mean, go big or go home. In the women's game, I mean, Danny de Oliveira got three. I just thought that would be of interest for some of you. Spicy, uh, <laughs> spicy time. A uh, hundred and three in the women's, spicy. which means two hundred and fifty-nine. Which means the closest that I heard was Robert Gosler. I think it was who said two fifty-five. Oh, oh we champions of Europe, Africa. You are the champion of Africa. You are the champion <laughs> of hockey. The podcast. What a time! What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, gents, that just about wraps it up. Uh, I know it's been a long one and uh, yeah, it's way past a lot of your bedtimes. But that being said, it was worth every second of it. It's been great having you on the show. It's been great covering, covering your story. And uh, the best part is it's only just begun, Jet. Yeah, Ta, I think the boys want to sing a song here for the buggers. And we do really appreciate everything you've done for us. So if the boys are ready, shall we sing it? Gazi. On your way, Gozzi. Gozzi, yeah, yeah, lead us, Gozzi. Oh, we champions of Africa. It's never gonna stop. From Namibia down to Botswana, we won a lot. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole, ole. Ole, ole, ole. <laughs> Love it. Well, I can tell you what, you won't be winning idols, but you will definitely be be winning the AFCON and uh, hopefully doing very, very well come the World Cup in Belgium. Gents, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, Ty, yeah, it was a long one, but a great one. Yeah, Derek, it was a long one. It was a good one. It was longer than uh, a game of indoor hockey, but it was even better. These guys are going to Berlin. No, they're not. They are going. <laughs> you see what you did, Jeff? They are going to Liège. Uh, as I said uh, in the broadcast, 195,000 population. There's another 20 coming from South Africa, at least, because uh, I think as if COVID allows, there'll be a few supporters coming along this time. And we're going there to go rock the boat of Europeans and international indoor hockey to show them the time for Africa is here. Gents, best of luck in Belgium. Great having you on the show. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see further successes come your way. Cheers. Thanks, Derek. Cheers, everyone. Thanks Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers, guys.